Tom Swarbrick on LBC. 10 to 6, Friday evening, Tom Swarbrick on LBC can only and will always mean one thing. Kick off your shoes to slide into Simon Marks, American Week. Tom, Joe Biden can be excused for suffering from a bad case of whiplash this Friday. Last weekend, America's opinion pollsters were very busy because last Sunday, the 5th of November, the country was exactly one year away from its next presidential election. And on the UK's fireworks night next year, the latest numbers suggest there could well be fireworks in America as well. A New York Times Siena poll shows President Biden is trailing former President Trump in five critical battleground states. These polls are certainly getting a ton of attention, making a lot of Democrats uneasy, and I think for good reason. More than half of the people in this poll say they trust Donald Trump to do a better job on the economy. And on a whole host of other issues too, MSNBC and NBC breaking the news to viewers that two separate polls show Donald Trump could legitimately expect to be America's next president. They were stunners. The New York Times Siena survey showed that in five of the six battleground states, those places that sometimes vote Republican, sometimes vote Democrat, but always decide the outcome of the presidential race, Trump was ahead, and in some states by way more than the polls' margin of error. A second survey by CNN showed growing numbers of voters simply don't believe Joe Biden has enough petrol left in the tank to serve as president until he is 86. Only 25% of voters say Biden has the stamina to keep going. We are leading crooked Joe Biden in almost all of the swing states. In Pennsylvania, we're up four. In Michigan, we're up five. In Arizona, we're up five. In Georgia, we're up six. In Nevada, we're up 11 points. And nationally, we're up at numbers that, frankly, nobody's uh, nobody's seen before. Now, that last bit isn't quite true, but Donald Trump did have a point there as he addressed a rally in Florida, and Democrats went into immediate panic mode. David Axelrod, a former advisor to Barack Obama, suggested on social media that Joe Biden should reconsider his decision to seek re-election. On Capitol Hill, some Democrats broke cover with the president, describing the polling as concerning and urging the White House to get a grip. This is the first time that I have felt like the 2024 election is in great trouble for the president. Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal, Democrat from Washington State, speaking there on MSNBC. The talk of the city in the early part of this week was whether Joe Biden might be persuaded to drop out of the race, and if he did, what would happen? Do the Democrats still have time to organize a competitive primary contest? And could they find a candidate winning enough to beat back the threat from Trump? But then, on Tuesday night, a sudden screech of the tires. Abortion is health care. And abortion access is the law of the land in Ohio. Abortion rights activists celebrating the outcome of America's off-year elections. They were held in Ohio and a number of other states. And in many of them, anxieties over the future availability of abortion galvanized Democrats to turn out in droves. In Ohio, a state Donald Trump easily won twice, they voted to enshrine the legal protection of abortion into the state's constitution, a move that saves access to the procedure from any further Republican attempts to prescribe it. Marcella Azevedo with Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights led the celebrations. We stand here united as Ohioans in a historic victory 
across the state, we're going to bed knowing that we own our own bodies. Thank you, Kentucky! Governor Andy Bashir of Kentucky was another big Democrat winner on Tuesday. He also promoted abortion rights in his state. Tonight, Kentucky made a choice. It was a victory that sends a loud, clear message. A message that candidates should run for something and not against someone. At no point in that victory speech did he mention President Biden, nor did he once utter the president's name on the campaign trail. And that gets to the nub of this week's developments. The White House wants you to believe that Democrats had a banner week because of Joe Biden. President Biden's values and agenda won big across the country last night. In Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and in Virginia, voters once again sided with President Biden's agenda to stand up for fundamental freedoms and build an economy for the middle class and protect democracy. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre with the orthodoxy there, the president himself basking in the Democrats' reflected glory and dismissing those opinion polls that were causing hullabaloo at the start of the week. Why do you think it is that you're trailing Trump in all these swing state polls? Because you don't read the polls out and give their 10 polls. Eight of them, I'm beating them in those states. Eight of them. You guys only do two. CNN and New York Times. Check it out. But there is another possible construction on this week's events that, in fact, Democrats might have won in spite of Joe Biden. His perilous approval ratings could have been a drag on Democrats who were only able to overcome it by using the abortion issue to their advantage. Either way, it now seems less likely that he'll drop out. And on the other side, more likely by the day that Trump will be the Republican nominee, setting the stage for a rematch of 2020. Donald Trump's a lot different guy than he was in 2016. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis participated in another woeful TV debate on Wednesday, one of five Republican also-rans struggling to stop Trump in his tracks. He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. And he said Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night, I'm sick of Republicans losing. Which is a shame because he is definitely still losing the race for the nomination. The smart money now is on Nikki Haley, Trump's former ambassador to the UN. She may become the main challenger to her former boss. She spent Wednesday night dispensing with Vivek Ramaswamy, the biotech billionaire who has never been elected dog catcher, but thinks he's ready for the presidency. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters propping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. The easy answer. That's the first recorded use of the word scum in a TV debate in American history. But sometimes you just got to call it the way you see it. There were other notable developments this week. Donald Trump drove the judge in his New York fraud trial to apoplexy as he testified and tried to campaign from the witness stand. Ivanka Trump found a babysitter after initially telling the judge she couldn't turn up to give evidence because of the hardship it would create for her family. President Biden successfully persuaded the Israelis to engage in humanitarian pauses in their military assault on Gaza and the Hollywood actors' strike was settled. Settled, too, a long-overdue debt in the world of culture. You get a fast car, 
got a plan to get us out of here. Been working at the convenience store. Managed to save just a little bit of money. It was 1988 when the brilliant Tracy Chapman released that sublime single, Fast Car. It tells the story of the working poor trying to escape their hard scrabble existence in working class America. This year it was covered by country music artist Luke Coombs, but I'm sticking with the original because it's sublime. On Wednesday, 35 years after her song was released, Tracy Chapman won Song of the Year at the Country Music Awards, the first black songwriter ever to win that particular gong. The song itself is as relevant today as it was in 1988. And Tom, by this time next year, many Americans may be wishing they had a fast car to whisk them out of here. You got a fast car. Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.